Welcome to the Grand Youth Podcast. Do you know the promises of Scripture? Because it's not if, but when. When the storm hits your life. When you go through the valley of the shadow. What's going to fuel your perseverance? It's got to be Scripture. Uh, it's so good to serve a God who's done everything. It's got to be Scripture. And uh, I'm so happy to be, be here. Be, be, and be with Nick and Emilio and Jess and all the youth leaders. I'm so excited for what's happening here at Grant Youth. And I think you guys are too. And um, it's just... Uh, super blessed, and it's so fun to see uh, just what's con- what's been continuing on. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Tim, and I'd love to meet some of you. If this is your first time here, it's also my first time in a long time, so it's good to be here together. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what God is doing. I was asked to speak about what God is doing in Nepal, and, um, and I'm excited to share about that. Raise your hand if you know where Nepal is at. Yeah, if you don't know, that's okay. It's uh, between India and China. Um, so two of the most populous nations in the world, stuck between that is Nepal. And um, that's where I was for the last nine months. And it's nice to be able to speak English a little bit, and I've been trying to learn Nepali, but uh, it's hard. And I, I got into some, into some trouble quite a few times. But one time, uh, my job there was to bring, do short-term trips. So groups would come from America, and I'd be in charge of leading them on trips in the mountains, where they, where our primary focus was to pray. But we met a group of, of kids, and I was uh, showing them some magic tricks, and they were all studying for their uh, for their exams, and we had a great time. And at the, and at the end in in Nepali, I tried to say like, uh, there's a phrase that is like "go well" or like "stay well." You can use it, it like anything for it. So I said, "Study well." is what I tried to say in Nepali. But I didn't know, the, the word for study is padnu, okay? But the word for fart is padnu. So I said, I ended up saying, fart well. And, and all these boys were like looking at each other, being like, what's he talking about? And then they're like, oh, he means to study. And they're all, we're all just laughing and laughing. But uh, so those boys were farting well and, uh, and, and enjoying it, having a good time. Um, but over time, my Nepali got better. And, and each time I talked about studying Nepali, I was very careful to use the right, the right verb. But really, uh, you guys are the first people who have talked to about Nepal, really, uh, here in Canada. I just got back on Wednesday. So all this is really fresh. So I have some, some thoughts, but it might be a little scattered. Um, but I'll try my best. Um, just let's take a moment to pray. Thank you, Nick, for praying for, for me. I just want to also just come to the Lord. Just pray for the people of Nepal. So many people there don't know Jesus. So many people there are lost and uh, don't know the hope. So let's just take a moment to pray for them now. Would you bow with me? Jesus, we come before you uh, thankful for your love, uh, which is like the wildest ocean we were just singing. And Jesus, we just pray for the hearts of people in Nepal. So many of them are live in darkness. So many of them don't know you yet. Many of them have never even heard of you. Jesus, that you would do a work in that nation, that many people would come to know you. And Jesus, show us how we have a part in that as well. Jesus, we just pray this in your name. Amen. Have you ever asked the Lord after prayer, are are you really listening? Raise your hand if you've ever thought, like, is God actually listening when I pray? Yeah, I can raise my hand nice and high to that. Um, but really believe that he is. Uh, here's the message of the gospel um, that I've been learning. In, in Nepal, people, 
like there's many different uh, religions in Nepal, just like there are in Canada. It's mostly Hindu, but there's a large Buddhist population. But there are Muslims there. There are Christians there. There are all sorts of different uh, different religions there. And people say that God is at the top of a mountain. You often hear hear this in, in Nepal. God is, is at the top of a mountain. And there's many different paths to get to him. There's the Hindu path. There's the Buddhist path. There's a Christian path. There's other paths. But uh, some are harder, some are easier, but they're all paths going to the same place. That's something that you'll hear many times in Nepal. And, uh, and we just got to climb. We got to do good things. We need to uh, do ceremonies, or we need to get buried the correct way, or we need to do, uh, pay the right people, or we need to go to church, or, you know, we just all got to climb up and get, and get closer to God. And that's the purpose of our life. And what I learned from, uh, while I was in Nepal is that the truth of the gospel is that God has come down the mountain to us. That's what's happened. That, and no amount of climbing is, is going to get us to him. You guys being here in church is not going to get you closer to God. God has come down to you. God has come down to our, our Hindu and Buddhist friends. And he's, he's staring them in the face and saying, uh, here I am, stop climbing. And that's why the gospel is so much different than all these other religions. People say they're all the same, but they're not. They're not at all. The message of the gospel is that God has come down the mountain to us. And, and, and that's, why, uh, that's why I was in Nepal, to share that good news, saying, hey, you've been trying to climb to God. You've been trying to make it, but he's come, come down to you. And if you don't know that truth yet today, you can embrace that today. In Nepal, there are so many places where people, where people have never even heard the gospel. I would bring groups on trips, and we would walk for days and days and days, asking anybody we could find, do you know a Christian? Do you know any Christians around here? Okay, because we were looking for people to encourage in the faith, to pray for. And people would say, no Christians in this village. No Christians in this village. And we walked to the next village. No Christians here. Just Buddhists. Just Buddhists. And we, we'd have conversations with people about the gospel, and they would they'd be interested, but... Um, but they wouldn't know much about faith. And they would just say, hey, we're Buddhist here. You keep on moving along. And it was so uh, humbling. You guys know that there are places in the world like that where it's totally untouched by the gospel, by this good news. But we were walking along one day, and I was just telling my friends, like, man, we haven't seen any Christians. There's no one who knows Jesus here. Uh, everyone is living, climbing this mountain here. No one is accepting the, uh, the gospel. And all of a sudden, we came to a place, and we had some tea. And we were just talking with the people there and asked them, uh, oh, what's your daughter's name? And, and she said, my daughter's name is Ruth. And I was saying, Ruth? I said, are you guys Christians? And they said, yeah, we've been Christians for five years. I was like, what? That's crazy. And I was so excited. How did you guys become a Christian? Well, down, down the, the valley a little ways, there's a church. And I began to learn about this church, you guys. And this story is crazy. But the story of this church starts with prayer. Starts with prayer. Two guys. One guy named Jay, uh, John and one guy named Dan. And it starts with also a little shepherd boy in the middle of the, of the Himalayas who's 10 years old. I have a picture of him. Uh, this little boy. His name was Geltson. This guy in the middle in the white shirt. This is when he was about 13. But, but the story starts when he's 10. I just want to leave that photo up for a little while. In, 19, in the year 1983, John and Dan were praying for the area that I was walking through at that point, where I, where I met this lady and, and her daughter. And there were no Christians there. As they were praying, this boy who was 10 years old, uh, 10, uh, 10 years old began having visions, crazy visions. 
um, he began having visions of Buddha, learning things about, about Buddhism that he never could have known. He had, he had visions every single night of going to this faraway place where he was taught a language um, that, that no one could interpret. And he would write this language in a physical notebook. And in this physical notebook, uh, he could only read it in a supernatural way. And this notebook would tell him secrets about his community. It would tell him who's sleeping with who, who like even people's private thoughts. It, would, it, would, it was like fortune-telling. People would come to him and say, like, hey, so should I go and build this uh, guest house? And they'd say, yes. Go. He'd read in his book, says, this person should build their guest house. And then they go and build the guest house. And just different things like that. And he became very revered. And the next slide, it shows a bit of his notebook um, uh, where, where he wrote some of these things. Can you go to the next one, Colin? Or Emilio, whoever's up there? Yeah, this language. And he still has some things like this. And, and um, uh, every full moon, they would have a pot beside his head as he slept. And in the morning, it'd be filled with water. Then they'd use that water to cleanse themselves. And they were really deep into this Buddhist, Buddhist mysticism. Now, as, these, as John and Dan were praying, all of a sudden there began to be a change in his visions. In his visions, he saw 35 names of God, 35 different God's names. And all of a sudden, and each day they would, they would, they would bow down and worship these different gods. All of a sudden, a new God's name showed up on the list. It was Yesu. He had never heard this name before. He never heard, Yesu is actually the name Jesus in Nepali. But he had never heard Yesu before. He said, okay, oh, I guess I'll, worship, I'll start worshiping that God too. And so slowly but surely, Yesu's name started going up the list. It was 35th, then it was 30th, then 28th, then 20th. And he's, just, and he's saying, I never heard of this God before. Who is this God? And it, it eventually got to number 20. Sorry, number two. <laughs> to number two, and then Buddha was at number one. Around this time, John and Dan began a journey into, into this area, exactly where I walked. And, 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 and they ran across um, uh, uh, Gelson's brother. And they were trying to tell Gelson's brother about Jesus, Yesu. And Gelson's brother said, oh, you're talking about that God. You should come and talk to my little brother. And so then they went to, to Gelson, yeah, uh, to, uh, to the family, and introduced his family to Yesu. That night, he had a dream. And in his dream... God took control, the, the, the holy God. And the Buddha image in his dream said, don't worship me any, anymore. I'm not God. Yesu is God. Worship him and him only. So he woke up in the morning. He told his parents the dream. They decided, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Yesu, this God who's, who's been told to us um, uh, by John and Dan. And he would even look back in his writings, in this notebook, and he would see different things about Yesu and his crucifixion and how he was born to a virgin and, and Adam and Eve and the first and all this stuff, how God had been preparing his heart and his family's heart to hear the gospel. This guy grew up and I got to meet him. He's leading the church in that area. And I got to meet his father too. Here's his father. Um, and, 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 now, and now in that church is where this lady came and they prayed for her father, and he was healed, and so her family became Christian. Then she, she had a daughter named Ruth, and that's, and that's who we met. 
And just this crazy story of how God is working in the Himalayas to draw people towards himself through prayer and through visions. I want us to look at a passage uh, today. If you have your phone or, or, or if you want to look in the Bible in front of you, I want to look up Acts chapter 2. I also are going to have it on the screen here, but it's nice if you can look at it in your own Bible so you can read the parts before and afterwards. But if you don't, it's Acts chapter 2. It's on page 1657. 1657. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 17. Isn't that a crazy story? I just, like, when, when, when they told me that, I was like, wait, what? Tell me again. What? Tell me again. And just, uh, uh, it's a strange story, but it's, it's how uh, Pastor Geltson says that, uh, that, that God reached down to him in the only way that he was willing to listen at the time. He was so steeped in, in, that, in that religion. It was only the way that him and his family would listen is that God intervened through his own culture. So Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it's up there, but this is what it says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When I was thinking about what to share with you guys today, this verse came to mind. And back in the day, the Jews thought that the gospel was only for them. That it was like kind of a cultural-centric gospel. But Joel, where this is being quoted from, and now Peter, as he's sharing the gospel to the crowds, says, no, 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 he's going to pour his spirit on all people. The gospel's for all people. It's not just for you, not just for me, but it's for all people. And... Um, and, and I saw that in Nepal over and over and over again. Did you know that most people, 95% of, of the Christians I met in Nepal, their testimony of asked, how did you become a Christian? It involves healing. People getting healed. They say, oh, you know, my brother, he was sick. We tried everything. Nothing worked. We brought him to the church, and he was healed. My father, he was sick. My mother, she was sick. And God's really working in those ways in Nepal. It's really incredible. Um, and it was amazing to, uh, to see. And God is also healing many people here in Canada, too. I think we know that. We've seen that. We've been experiencing that as well. But God is inviting us to join him in this mission. Uh, I'm just going to take a look at my notes before I keep on going. Oh, yeah. and, and, and he's inviting us, uh, inviting us into this process to embrace the God who came down the mountain, to share this good news. I heard somebody say the difference between the gospel and Christianity and every other religion is every other religion says what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. And sometimes Christianity, we can twist it that way as well. But the true message of the gospel is what has been done. What has been done. What has been accomplished. Have you accepted that in your life? Have you accepted the gospel of what has been done for you? Or are you really working to do, 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 do? I, I encourage you to uh, talk to your leader about that. But God is inviting us to, to join him in this message. And um, I I've been thinking about you, you, you guys, and obviously my heart is here. Like I've been able to, I've had the privilege to serve with you guys and be a part of this community for so long. And all you grade sixes, you're part of a great thing here. And um, you're really lucky to be in this group. And I'm so glad that, uh, that, that you guys are here um, because this group is awesome. And you guys know that. Um, but God is calling some, some of you, I believe, to foreign missions, to, to serving the Lord elsewhere out, outside of Canada, 
there's still a call for people to go to the ends of the earth where people have not heard. And maybe uh, that's not for everyone. Not everyone's called to foreign missions. Everyone's called to a missional life. But some of you maybe are being called to missions, to go to leave where you're at. And it's going to cost everything. It's going to cost everything for you, um, your future, your relationships. Some of you are going to disappoint some people in your life who are important to you, maybe your mom or your dad who have different plans for your life than that. But for some of you here, I just really wanted to say the call that some of you here, I believe, are called to foreign missions. There, are, there is a call. God is inviting us to reach the nations. He's inviting us to go to places where they've never heard the gospel to, and, and to share. And maybe that's you. Um, I believe that you are ready to yield everything to God. But that's going to, I also encourage you that if, if that's you, to make decisions about that now. Uh, I encourage you to learn a second language. I, I know that French maybe isn't cool for some of you, but did you know that if you can learn French, you can share the gospel with like 700 million more people, probably all through Africa, many places in the Middle East, in Europe, did you know that? If you learn Spanish, you can share the gospel with another billion people. If you learn another langu language, you can share the gospel. If you learn Arabic or Mandarin or, or uh, Hindi, how many more people can you share the gospel with? So I encourage you to learn a second language. Begin preparing for a trade, maybe. If, you, if, if God's calling you to missions, go into engineering, go into nursing, something like that, that you can travel around the, uh, around the world with it. Be intentional about these things. Because this is it. I want to go back to this verse. It says, I, I will pour out my spirit on, on all people. God has given us a call. God, has, God, God is inviting us to something. But he's the one who's going to pour his spirit on all people. The calling isn't saying like, hey, Maddie, you go pour out God's spirit on all people. No. God says that he's going to pour out his spirit on, on all people. I'm going to look at my watch for a sec. Okay. I want to shift gears for a moment. Because in many years, just on a personal level, this year for me, while I saw lots of amazing things, for me it was a really humbling year, I'll be honest. I, I, I encountered some struggles this year, relationally, um, also just loneliness, uh, missing all of you, missing, missing my family. Uh, I, I struggled with sin a lot this year, and I especially struggled with anger. Anger. I don't think of myself as a super angry person, but different things happened this year that rubbed me the wrong way, and I found myself just going to bed angry. And, um, and, and I came to a point this year where I was so discouraged in my faith, not believing that God isn't real, but discouraged in my performance, being like, oh, like I wish I'm here in Nepal. I'm supposed to be better at this than I am. You know, I'm supposed to be a better Christian than I am. And maybe you felt that before too. Like, I just wish I was better at this. I just suck at being a Christian. Um, and I was feeling those things a lot this year too, I'll be honest. And God really spoke to me about this. Uh, I will pour out my spirit on all nations, or on, on all people. He will do it. Here's also the part of the gospel. I really want to encourage you guys today, saying that um, God is sufficient. Something I learned this year is that I am deficient. I was telling Skylar this. I was just saying, like, I, I, I learned this year that, boy, I have some good habits, and I, they've taken me a long way, and, uh, like, most people like me, and there are, like, things that I can do good, but, man, like, 
Uh, I'm ready for God's life to live in me. Did you guys know that the gospel isn't, um, hey, all you people down here and me, God's not saying, you guys go and save the world. He's, what the gospel is, God is saying, I'm going to save the world through you. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. You know, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work through you. There's a verse that says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is so true, is that as we die to ourselves, he can live inside of us. This year made me feel like, yeah, if you'll have my life, I'll give it to you. Let Tim Bach, as he's been known, die and let you live inside of me. Let, let you love the people through me. I asked some kids back in Nepal, I was helping lead a youth group out there. I said, how do you live the Christian life? How do you live the Christian life? I told them it's a bit of a trick question, but how do you live the Christian life? And they said, oh, you, you love your neighbor as yourself. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And you, and you, um, you serve in church and you read the Bible and you pray and you do these different things. But I said, no, 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 it's not true actually. How do, you, how do you live the Christian life? Like, you don't live the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life. Like, God actually lives the Christian life in you. That's the message of the gospel. You feel deficient? Good. You feel weak? Good. Because that means that you're in a better, in a, in a better position to receive God's grace, in a better spot to receive God's sufficiency. And so if that's you here today, you feel like, man, I wish I could follow God better. I wish I was further along than I am. I'm disappointed in my, in my progress or any of those things. What the, the good news that I want to share with you today is that God is um, willing to live his life through you. And what he's asking of you is not, what he's asking of you is to yield, to say, okay, okay, yeah, you do it. Yield, you know. Let him have his way in you. He will pour his spirit on all people through us. Are you willing to yield your life? Are you willing to give everything? For those of us who have our lives pretty well together, that's a hard decision to make. For those of us who are more messed up, it's easier. And we're more willing to make that, make that switch, make that transition, to yield and let God's life live through us. I just want to invite you to dream big. In your ability, there's not much you can do. There's really not that much that you can do. But in God's ability, there's so much. There's so much. What does God want to do in your life these days? What does he want to do in you uh, coming up? For some of you, I do believe that's going to mean moving to a different country, sharing the gospel where they've never heard. There's such a need. But God's, God's going to reach those people through you. Let's bow in prayer and talk to this God. Lord God, I just thank you. You have done everything. You have come down the mountain to us, and you have filled us with your spirit, that you would pour out your spirit on all people, not just us, not just uh, the people in Nepal, but people all over the world. Jesus, I just want to pray for everyone in this room right now. Jesus, uh, you, are, you are calling us to a missional life. You're calling us to a life that is beyond ourselves. And Jesus, for some of us, that's going to mean serving here in, in our home culture, a place where you have placed us, a place where you have us, um, a place where we know the language. And for some of us, that's going to mean going elsewhere, going to where they haven't heard. And Jesus, I just pray that you would um, uh, light us up with that mission and with that vision, 
Jesus, I just pray right now for the many people in this world who have never heard of you. Jesus, that you would just, um, it says the fields are white with the harvest, but the workers are few. Jesus, that you would send the workers to this harvest field. Jesus, just bless um, um, the leaders of Grant Youth, Jesus. We just thank you for their leadership. We thank you for their service. Lord, we, th we thank you for everyone who is here today. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you. Um, we love you. Thank you for gotta everything. Be scripture. Pray this in your name. Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be, gotta be scripture. Gotta be scripture. Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be, gotta be scripture. Gotta be scripture. Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be, gotta be scripture.